you guys ready for some of the craziest stories I have ever heard? I'm so excited to introduce Elena today because her life is amazing. I mean, she's lived all over the world. She worked for the UN. She was working to stop genocide. She also has a really personal story about some hidden, um, not some, about a hidden disease that she's battling that I think that some of you can probably relate to. Um, Elena is a treat. She is such a gem. I met her actually just a few months ago digitally in Clubhouse of all places, and we've just become really fast friends supporting each other's business. She's truly such a gem. This was such a fun episode to record because she's that typical sweet Canadian gal, um, but her lawyer side is actually kind of surprising because she is such a sweet, kind-hearted person. And I think I tend to think that lawyers are like really rough around the edges. Um, so yeah, I hope that you enjoy this episode with Elena. And Elena, if you're listening, thank you so much for joining because you are absolutely a gem and I can't wait to connect with you again. Welcome back to the Daily Hype Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pollard, and every week I am bringing you five episodes to help you up-level your life, grow your business, if that's for you, and see the world a little bit differently. We are so happy to have you here, so let's get this started, shall we? Well, thank you for being here. Um, I will have just introduced you so everybody knows you, Elena, but I'm so happy to have you. We have a funny introduction because I feel like we've been supporting each other forever, but it hasn't even been that long, maybe like three months, and it started on Clubhouse. Absolutely. Um, first of all, thanks for having me. I am so oh, excited. Shoot. This is also like the first time that we're seeing each other face-to-face recording this um, because we did meet on Clubhouse. And when you said three months, that actually feels longer. Like, I feel like I've known you for a long time, but then three months feels like, oh, wow, Clubhouse has actually been around for three months now, which is crazy. Yeah, like not long, which is weird. I I got on it right around the time Square One was launching, which was uh, relaunching, which was around January. But I will have given a little bit of an introduction, but do you want to give yourself a little bit of an introduction too? Yeah, of course. So my name's Elena. Hello, everybody. So nice to meet you. I am a lawyer and a business mentor. So I like holistically combine the two. They're still two separate businesses, but I like to mix them because I feel like a lot of the people that come to me, they need legal services, but they really also want to know how to start growing scale an online business. And so the two naturally go together. Um, and I'm up here in Canada. <laughs> a little yeah. Bit colder. yeah. Yeah. Where are you in Canada? I'm in Toronto, so I'm not that far from you. Well, I'm not in New York anymore. So no. I moved I moved to St. Louis in October. So I have been in St. Louis, Missouri, which is like smack dab in the middle of the country for um, a while. But right now I'm visiting my sister in New Mexico. Um, so I'm not even in St. Louis at the moment. But yeah, so New York is like in the past, which makes me so sad. That sounds so sad, but I heard really beautiful things. One of my old colleagues actually was from St. Louis and um, huh. worked together in the Netherlands. And I was always so shocked. I'm like, you know, that's where she was from. And so I heard, you know, you guys are amazing. I only heard good things. So you brought up the Netherlands. You have lived so many places and I have to know everything because I want to <laughs> live vicariously through you for a minute. You shared an about me post once and I was like, okay, so you've lived nine lives of so oh much gosh, no. crazy experiences of all these different things that you've done. Like a little how bit. many places have you lived? Technically uh, four, like four different okay. countries, um, which isn't a lot. So I've well, traveled- Well, it's more than one. It is more than one. It is more than one. I've traveled a ton, but yeah, I've kind of lived all over the place. Like I started here in Toronto, naturally, like just outside of Toronto. And then I went to university, quite, quite local, like- um, I'm from one of those towns where nobody goes away for school. They all live Mm -hmm. at home while they do university. So I actually went like an hour and a half away, which was like really far. Rebel. (laughs) Still here. Rebel. Yeah. I think I was like one of three people in my entire high school that actually moved to a campus, which is so wild to think about it. Um, Because now I'm like, what a wasted opportunity. Because you guys in the States, like, I feel like you guys go cross country all the time. Even in Mm -hmm. Europe, you go to all these cool places. And I'm like, wow, what a wasted opportunity. But it's fine. Because then I ended up going to law school in the United Kingdom. So that's really the first country that I lived 
outside of Canada and I spent three years there. Um, How wild to do you go to law school in a different country? Like that seems like something that I feel like I wouldn't have even thought to do because like, does that hurt? I guess, do you guys have the bar? Like there's so many questions I have. Like, would you then come to Canada and take the bar after getting your education in the UK? Like, that's so funny to think about. No, it, it it's crazy because so Canada was always a colony, was a colony of the United of uh, the Kingdom for like as long as history, right? We were always the UK's little sister, and then in 1982 we separated kind of from their monarch, and that's when we started getting our own laws. But up until that point, we were still representing all the same laws that the monarch was giving us. The Queen, God bless her, she's still on all of our dollar bills. Like we we really have an attachment with the Queen. Um, but in 1982, things changed. But I mean, law school, we can still go there. It's all common law. So we kind of learn all the history up until 1982. And then we take a course to kind of learn how Canada did things a little differently. So I apparently know nothing because I was <laughs> like, I, I just learned all of that. Like, that's the first time I've heard any of that information. I feel like yeah, I feel like a lot of people just heard that, too, because Canada is quite so Canada is like a young country. Like, I think we just celebrated our 150th birthday, like two or three years ago. So we're, we're fairly young Mm -hmm. um but our laws were always like we would make all of our laws here in Canada and then we would still have basically representative of the queen sign off on them because the queen was always like what's going on in Canada like always wanted to know yeah (laughs) so there was always some guy like signing like oh yeah that sounds good that sounds good but only until the 80s like our prime minister here's like a full-on history lesson but the father of our current prime minister he actually decided to start separating those things and so wow that's like he, yesterday he yeah 80s is not too long ago I mean makes us old but it's also I know ago. I know I know that's so crazy I mean I I appreciate the history lesson I think that's fascinating so like that immediately makes me wonder is there the same like queen reverence in Canada as you might see in the UK or is it a little bit separated now definitely separated um, okay. I don't think, okay. yeah, we're not as aficionados as, as they are in the yeah. UK, but I will so it's say- It's not like, whole, don't you dare. No, no, no. But I will say the whole Meghan Markle thing, Toronto has a connection to that because of course, Suits was filmed in Toronto. So Meghan oh. Markle spent seven years in Toronto. So when that was going on, Toronto was pretty involved. We were like, yeah, that's one of our own, even though she's from California, like she's, but yeah. she's been here for yeah. seven years. So we feel slightly connected. How funny. Oh my God, so many yeah. things I wouldn't have even known. So the funny, okay, so you're saying Meghan Markle lived in Toronto. So Toronto people are like, ooh, you married into yeah. the royal family. And now it's like, oh, how dare you do this to Meghan Markle? But you're yeah. also like our mother country. That's so funny. I know, it's like a whole, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Twisted circle. Yeah, lots of feelings, lots of So feelings. when you lived in the UK, where did you live? I lived in Brighton. Have you ever been? I have not been to Brighton. I worked for Hunter Boots, which is obviously Ooh. a major UK yes. company. So we would go to London often uh, for different like meetings and things like that. But um, never really got out of the city. Really wish that I could have. And Brighton is what, maybe like two hours outside of London? Not even 45 minutes. Yeah. It's like a okay. direct train. So it's pretty awesome because you don't live in London with the crazy rent prices but you could still go to London every single weekend you could go for a night out like it was just so accessible that's awesome yeah yeah I I mean that's like that's almost almost like Philadelphia to New York I guess it's yeah that's more like an hour and 15 or something but like you can easily just like pop into Philly if you live in New York or like pop into like some totally that's so fun what a great way to experience it because like london can be a lot and it can definitely be expensive so you were able to like experience it without all the ma- the madness no exactly and brighton honestly like i'm never gonna undervalue how amazing brighton is too because it's right on the beach right on the mm-hmm. seaside it's the gay capital of the uk so it was just a ton of fun and it really has this like hippie boho artsy kind of vibe to it cool. and then yeah, just super laid back, super amazing. And then you go up to London if you ever wanted to do like some proper shopping, if you wanted to like go to the bougie clubs, like you yeah. live a different lifestyle. And at the time, actually, my best friend from here, she was living in London. So, so oh my gosh. I was going to her flat. She was coming to mine. I know it was like actually probably the, the prime of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You calling it a flat is so cute. I love that people in London call it that. I'm like, oh, yeah, you're flat. 
We're going to go to your flat. And then we're going to get on the tube. The tube. Yeah. yeah. It's way better. I don't know. I don't like the way we call them condos here. I'm like, what is that? I don't even know yeah. what the difference between it's a like, condo and a apartment. It's like, not cute. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> so, okay. So you go to law school in Brighton and then you said four other countries. So obviously Canada, I would assume is one of those. Yeah. So where are the other two? So after law school, I actually got a job um, in Cambodia. So I Natural. Went- <laughs> totally. Like all of us do. Yeah. Casual we all just segue. like, yes, that's, that's what we, I mean, we all, we can all relate to that because I think everybody's road was that we went to school in the UK and then we got a job in Cambodia. Super relatable. Everybody's story. Everybody did that. It's just, I followed the natural track. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what, no, I don't want to over, I don't want to like overshadow this. What a freaking amazing opportunity. Like I have to know how that happened. What was the opportunity? How long were you there? Yeah. So basically it was my last year of law school. And if anybody's been to law school, there's this like air of panic (laughs) that happens in your last year where you're just like, oh my gosh, did you not get a job at that big fancy firm when you're done? And so Mm. this air of panic takes over. And honestly, that's like 2% of the freaking population gets a job right out of law school, but we still have this air of panic. We're so like, maybe not 2%. I don't know if it's a statistic, but it is not as common as movies make it out to be. And so so you kind of are applying to everything. And at Christmas time of my last year, I found a job with the United Nations in Cambodia. And so I applied and it was one of honestly, actually it was probably one of like a hundred applications I put out that year. And, and you know how it is in school, you're just applying to a bunch of things. And then fast forward eight months later, I'm at a yoga festival in Whistler and I get Stop. an email, <laughs> right? I get an email that's just like, hey, you got the position. Can you move here in a few weeks? And I was like, yeah, I was like outside of my yoga class and I met this girl. And this is honestly where like the first, I feel like this is truly like one of the most pivotal moments of my life because this woman was the photographer of the yoga festival is Wanderlust. I don't know if you've ever been. No, wait, I think they do it in Hawaii and a couple of, okay. Yeah. I've heard of that. And they're kind of all over the place. And Whistler's kind of is beautiful because it's um, out in Vancouver and it's like the mountains. It's really beautiful. So pretty. It was so pretty. And so I was outside of this, class ready to go in and the photographer of the festival she sat down with me and she's like you look like something just happened like are you okay and I was like I'm like yeah I'm like I just got this like you know they want me to amazing opportunity like I don't even know like I don't know how to digest this and so she just sat with me and honestly she was so pivotal it was like you you meet a stranger at the right moment at the right time and we only had this like maybe 30 minutes together and she set me on this whole other direction because for a minute I was like I'm not going to do it like that's too crazy um but she inspired me and so I I packed my bags and I think four weeks she later, was sent to you she was sent to me truly and she felt it too because we kept in touch and we've always said that that moment something was like magic happened like truly true like I can't even explain it like I didn't even want to be an entrepreneur at the time and she was and so we've even reconnected now because um I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for her guidance it was so strange but but yeah then I found myself there and I lived there for a year <laughs> Where were you in Cambodia? So in Phnom Penh. Okay, yeah. Did Mm -hmm. you ever backpack Southeast Asia? No, I didn't. My sister did. And then I have a friend of mine who lived there for about six months. Um, Oh my gosh, amazing. So I lived vicariously, but um, I have never been to Asia. I've traveled to many different countries and I've never been to Asia, but I'm dying to go. And I've heard nothing but incredible things. Oh my gosh, Cambodia is, I love it. Insane. they're so nice. <laughs> like they are just such warm, warm, nice people. And, um, and it's also a very young population. So like their average age is about 35 years old. So oh, wow. everyone's just really young. Yeah. Because I went through a really intense, I mean, it might be a little older now. I mean, that's that. I feel like I got that stat like maybe seven years ago, but well, that doesn't make a big difference, but they went through a really massive genocide and a huge war that happened in the late seventies surely 80s that basically chopped their population average age and so now it's just a very young healthy population and they're so happy and it's just it's a really great place to be honestly if you ever get an opportunity and pretty and there was a place and I obviously I'm not going to remember what it was that my sister went to that was so impactful about what you're speaking about um and I can't think of what it was but I mean Cambodia is top of my list I mean granted I just want to go to Asia for like 
two or three months anyway and just like go around or something do the hammock lifestyles like just just get a little hut somewhere on a beach somewhere and just enjoy life yeah the dream right the dream yeah I miss it so much what was the best thing about it was it the food obviously the people you said are great like what do we need to do in Cambodia (laughs) be our travel guide Elena oh my gosh your travel guide okay that's so funny so Phnom Penh's obviously the capital and there isn't a whole heck of a lot going on there fun wise but the history is there and so it is important to understand the history I fully believe like you should really know get to know your the countries you're visiting intimately and so visit there but then you want to shoot over to Angkor Wat because that's like the really that was pretty, it. like yeah. Raider. Angkor Wat yeah like the pretty like ruins that are just honestly breathtaking um but you know what's great like the one thing I'm gonna say is guys like beer was 50 cents so like, uh, <laughs> please enjoy your time while you're in Cambodia <laughs> like like <laughs> honestly actually the days where I was like okay hey, I'm going out for the evening and I would pack three American dollars and like no that had me covered I'm not kidding <laughs> like a wild night out was like 10 bucks and that's like if I got Stop. dinner then I took a you know a cab and like all these fun things but it was, it was a really good, it was a really good time to be alive. My sister went to Cambodia and she got, I think like food poisoning or something, nothing like serious, oh, but she was just like out of commission for a minute and they were backpacking yeah. and staying in like, um, hostels. And so they were like, we're going to splurge and stay in this like really nice place. And it was like 25, like Probably. American dollars a night. And they splurged on like a six spot. I'm like, What? It's just yeah. life is different. You can have now. like a penthouse villa for like 40 US dollars, which when you're thinking like when you're there though, like 40 US dollars, like that's like a week. <laughs> like that's like a lot right. of money. But when we're here and we spend like $40 on like a freaking Starbucks drink sometimes, probably. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it means nothing. And yet it's just, it, it's so crazy how you get accustomed to different price points and different lifestyles, right? And we see that a lot in the online space too, like all these different price points. And it's like, whoa, like, that's actually a lot or maybe that's not a lot or like we don't know because we you just you're like your rating just kind of changes and when you're living in Cambodia you're like I could never spend ten dollars on a pair of shoes like are you out of your mind <laughs> like yeah you know yeah. It's a different perspective mm-hmm. that's so crazy no. okay you're definitely convincing me I have to go okay so go get yes. a penthouse food get a how's penthouse. the food um did you eat any like insects, like those like insects on a stick? So I'm vegetarian, so I got okay. away with a lot of things. However, mm-hmm. there is a very famous restaurant um, in Siem Reap where Angkor Wat is that they basically, they, gosh, I can't remember the name for life of me, but if you Google, it's like super famous. It's on the more expensive side as well because it's all vegetables. So you can get a salad that has like little, little ants sprinkled on top, you know, <laughs> <laughs> with a side of like whatever is on, you know, a starfish or a scorpion, whatever the case may be. Like my brother visited scorpion. me. Yeah. He ate the scorpions. <laughs> he ate the mutt, like the mutt, like the maggot. Oh, Oh my God. No, no. He ate it all. (laughs) Like, no, no, no. (laughs) You're like, no, ma'am. Thank you. No, no, no. And yeah, I got away with a lot because I was like, no, just vegetarian, please. Just eggs and rice. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's, um, yeah, the the food's a bit better in Thailand, I would say, and Vietnam. Did you, so did you leave Cambodia and go to outlying areas? A lot, yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, Yeah, a lot. It depended. So Cambodia had a ton of so Cambodia has like 26 national holidays a year so there was like long weekends all of the time so right it was really easy to jet off for a weekend so I went to like Myanmar by myself which is pretty cool and I recommend that one too I mean I'm now jealous I'm literally over here like when can I go spend two months in Asia (laughs) like can I make that happen but also like (laughs) but also like uh are we able to travel there like I just want to be able to like get and go and travel anywhere like what's next on your what's next on your travel itinerary like what's where's your bucket list you know and I and I feel like everyone can relate to this in some degree shape or form but this is 100% the longest in my entire life that I haven't moved anywhere right like I haven't gotten Right. right just the state of the world right now and the climate is like so difficult to move and I'm craving I don't even know where it is but you know I'm just like craving like a dance party in the middle of a jungle shooting yeah. like a barefoot kind of like warm where I'm like kind of tan but like I can't wear a certain outfit because I'm like my shoulders are sunburned you need like, like a silent disco in Costa Rica 
something like that yeah exactly like <laughs> jungle like where you like have to like trek I don't know like I'm just like really craving some kind of like just an experience where you're you're just you're having such a good time that you don't even like you're not even in your body anymore but you're so in your body do you know yeah. what I mean like those like, yep yeah I'm like trust me like I'm I'm not even like a big drinker I'm definitely not like a big partier (laughs) but the money I would spend to be dancing on a table in Vegas is astronomical (laughs) right now yeah like take take my right arm too but not my feet I need those (laughs) yes yeah I need those to dance but you can take the arms no I mean it's so funny I'm just like you know and what's crazy is that in the 1900s they had a pandemic and then the Roaring Twenties happened where it was yeah. parties, party dresses. And I'm like, yes. I feel it. Like, so right. isn't that wild? You're so right. Can you, I gotta start saving money for all the party. That's good. I mean, come on, Eleanor. Yeah. Like oh, we're going to be traveling everywhere in the world. Oh, cool. Like buy stock in Delta. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hot tip on today's podcast hot tip from like, yeah. no expert no, insight no. whatsoever this is not insider trading <laughs> do not mark this disclaimer yeah. no okay oh so, God, so true so, so true. brighton cambodia mm-hmm. then where yeah yeah so from there i actually um ended up moving to the netherlands so okay I that's was, enough yeah cool we get it we get it I'm so jealous. Okay, no, I have to know. Tell me more, please. We're in the Netherlands. I'm in the Netherlands. I went there for two years. And um, wow. Yeah, I didn't plan. Well, I planned to stay a lot longer, but um, it was for two years. And so I did my master's there. So I went and did like a, an advanced master's of law, which was, I only went there because they had like, because I was studying, I was working in international criminal law in Cambodia. And so they were just hold like, hold on, 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 hold on. We skipped over a very important piece of information that you just slyly put in there. Say that again. I used to work in international criminal law. Coolest job ever. So you were criminal minds, like Law and Order SVU, Cambodia. Oh my God. I was not. (laughs) That's it. Starring Helena. No, I worked... um, so I worked at the the tribunals that were prosecuting genocide and crimes against humanity. So kind of cool. You guys can't see this, but my jaw is on the floor. <laughs> the this is what yeah. I mean. You've lived nine lives. Like you have to see that. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it was a completely different life. It was pretty awesome though. It was like, it was amazing. It was truly, truly like... Pfft. It's what I wanted to do. I always wanted to work for like the United Nations. That was like my goal going into law school is like, we are going to save the world. Like, hello, white girl privilege, like whatever you want to call it. Like I definitely wanted to help and I wanted to serve. And I was so curious and so fascinated by struggle, like real struggle, like something that's just so foreign. Yeah. Like not, I didn't get enough likes on my Instagram post. Like I've been my, my, I've like ancestral trauma. Yeah. Like that always attracted me for some reason. And I think it's because I couldn't Mm. understand personally. I'm such a curious human being. Like I just wanted, I just needed to understand. I'm like, how does this happen? How does war happen? How does, how do we get these conflicts where, you know, people are fighting each other over nothing, over, you know, just pride and ego. And I couldn't understand. And so I, I, I wanted to work in it. And so that's what I did there. And then and, uh, and yeah, and that was amazing. And they told me, like they said, if you want a career in this, you need to go get your master's in the Netherlands at this specific cool school with this specific program. And so I was like, all right, sign me up. <laughs> and so, yeah, I applied and I went to the Netherlands. And yeah. Okay. Now that I've processed that, <laughs> like automatically what comes to mind is like movie star shit that is like probably totally unrelated like what is that movie with Gwyneth is it Gwyneth Paltrow or is it Claire Danes um where they're stuck in oh shoot it's Thailand well broke down palace oh my gosh the one from the 90s where they're in prison mm-hmm. yes what and is I'm that like, you're the lawyer that helped them get out I think yeah. it's broke down palace something that sounds about right something palace yeah Oh my god! By the way, guys, if you have not seen this movie, it is so good. Go watch it. 
Elena mm-hmm. saved their life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you helped way deeper things. Broke down palace. Yeah. Starring Claire Danes. And what is the other woman's name? Kate? Um, Kate yeah, Beckinsale? Kate Beckinsale. Yeah. Watch, I grew up so on that good. movie. I need to go rewatch it. I mean, it's a heavy one, but I mean, like, wow, what an incredible thing to have contributed to. So you're like, I found something that I'm obsessed with. I'm very passionate about this. So they're telling me to go to the school in the Netherlands. You go to the school in the Netherlands and you studied what? International criminal law. So I did Okay, right. Okay, to further that. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, specific in that because it is such a niche like law is like doctors, like you can be a foot doctor or you can be a brain sure. surgeon, right? So everything is so niche. And so that was a very specific niche that I did. Um, and that funneled me into another position. So I stayed for another year. So I worked at the International Criminal Court. Um, but this time I worked, uh, which is pretty cool. Actually, I worked on the defense team for um, a former African president, which was very interesting. Um, and like, what the hell? What are you like, talking about right now? <laughs> he got off. <laughs> I know, it was wild. <laughs> it was like, wild. Some of my past clients include <laughs> the president of an African nation, um, the country of Cambodia. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky to work with me now, okay? <laughs> exactly. Kidding, but... Yeah, yeah, not to like to my own horn, like Miss Cecilia. Like I was definitely bottom of the barrel of these pipelines, but they were small teams, especially in the Netherlands. I worked on a small team. There was only seven of us, so the bottom of a seven-person team is still pretty still good. pretty active. <laughs> yeah, still pretty active. So it was it was interesting. I mean, I I went to the United Nations prison, which was really cool. Um, <laughs> such an interesting experience too because you walk into that prison which is in the Hague and in there it's really just for people that are being tried by the international criminal court so you know you you walk by some of the uh, the most I don't know the most atrocious people like on trial for the most atrocious things possible and you're like oh there you are I saw you in the news I'm like oh there you are like oh Crazy. you did that thing or like you allegedly did that thing so it's just it's a really interesting experience and um yeah, I'm quite bubbly. So I feel like when people know this about me, they're just like, what, Elena? Like you? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. You're like, you came from yeah. what background? <laughs> yeah, some hard stuff, but but uh, but fun stuff, really interesting stuff. Where did you live in the Netherlands? So I lived in two places. One was called Leiden, um, which is a really adorable town, actually. It's like um, 30 minutes south of Amsterdam. And then mm-hmm. I lived in The Hague which is another 15 minutes, but the Netherlands actually has two capitals. So Amsterdam and The Hague. And so Got it. I was in The Hague and that's where I even met my partner who I stole and brought back to Canada. So Aww, <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah, yeah it worked out for me. <laughs> How long have you guys been together? It'll be four years in May. You do <laughs> not talk about this side of your life on Instagram. I don't. I was thinking about that. I was saying, I'm like, should I bring him in more? But I just don't, I feel like people, yeah, I feel like I appear very single online. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. I didn't. I think I knew that you had a partner because you've mentioned like maybe like a happy birthday or like a something like that. Yeah, um, but I forgot about it until now. But kind of cool of you to be like, no, you're here for me. And then that's what that's what we're doing here. Is we're talking about what I do. Still you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're like, I'm gonna pluck you out of your country and you're gonna come home with me. Thank you. Thanks. You know what though, Ashley, like I'm not gonna lie, it was love at first sight. And on our second date, he already told me he'd move here. Like it was Stop like it. cosmic. Not I'm not kidding. It was one of those other magical moments. Like we met and it was it was game over. Like it was just like that's it. Like you and me, like that's we're good. And then three months later we moved in together. And then like eight months after that, he like moved here. Like it was just like boom, boom, pow. And now we're kind of here and it's like, whoa. And then the pandemic happened. And it's like, well, we should probably move somewhere else and go somewhere, but who knows where we'll end up because he's a big traveler too right like all of us we're all yeah. we're all not meant to be in one place well I mean I don't know I definitely have some friends who I was living in New York you know for 10 years and yeah. I'm from St. Louis and a lot of people in Missouri like don't really like to leave I'm not going to say that a lot of people don't oh, there's a plenty of people that do a lot of people that do as well right but I definitely have friends that were like I have no interest in seeing New York I don't really feel like visiting and I was like I, that will never be something I understand to each their own fair right but it's it's just so funny because I only think I feel like it's a human thing to want to like go see and experience other places but it's just so funny to hear people say like 
I have no interest in leaving my city or my town. And I'm like, it's just so different for me. But because you and I are speaking that language of like, I will go anywhere to get on. I mean, I shouldn't say anywhere to get on a plane. I got on a plane to come to New Mexico, right? But but it's like, I would, I need, I want to get out of the country. I want to take a vacation. I want to like take shots and I'm not even a drinker. Like I want to like, I'm not a drinker too either, by the way, like. But I also am craving a sweaty, drunken evening. Like I just like yeah. you know, I don't, yeah. it's not even something. Well, I you don't have to do anything the next day. You like have Taco yeah. Bell, and you just like yeah. lounge. Like yeah. it just sounds so great. It sounds so good. I just like I want a hammock. You know, I want a hammock mm. and legs that are not see through. I want them tanned. Like right now, I can see so <laughs> through. Like, no, <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> oh my god, I'm obsessed yeah. with you. <laughs> so okay so wait we have to we're writing your memoir okay so okay, yeah okay. so we go to the netherlands you get your masters you're working yeah. for the un with the international criminal court now oh okay so, they're, um, so how did you come back to canada were you like i'm ready or was it just like it's ta- like what was that yeah so so actually, so one of my colleagues, just to kind of bring it back to one of my colleagues at the ICC was from St. Louis, St. Louis, oh I say it wrong every time. Yeah. So she was one of the, the six. That's why I was like, what are you doing here? Like you, you know, I never see you guys out and about. And so she is just like us and I hope you two meet one day, but basically, um, I knew I had to come back to do the bar. Here we go. So I graduated law school, like five years before that, I've kind of been doing this whole exaggerate journey around the world kind of because you can be in international law without having been called to the bar but that was always the next step and I always knew I had to come back to Toronto and here in Canada we have to do articling so it's like a practical thing it's like a 10-month practical before you can even write the bar exam so I just knew I had to come home for a minimum of one year and and that's why even my partner on our second date he knew that and was like I'm coming with you and I was like okay So after all of this kind of ended and as that position closed up, because you never get really permanent positions in the international world, it's always short-term contracts that may lead somewhere that don't, it's a very unstable career path. So when that one ended, I was like, okay, well, we're not applying to anymore. We're just going to go back home and try to get a job there, articling and kind of complete the next job of my education. Because being a lawyer, guys, is a long freaking road. (laughs) And... uh, (laughs) And so we got here and then, and then I don't know what happened, but, but then between him and I, I was doing this whole process and then he was trying to get his permanent residency to stay here. So then he wasn't able to travel for a little while. And then no word of a lie, guys, February of last year, he finally traveled. We went to Aruba for one freaking week. We came back and then everything else hit the fan. And so now it's in like two years and it's like, Hey, we were meant to, we were here way longer than we were ever planning to, but that's just like how life is. And that's how the things totally. Totally, they change. And, and you really like, as much as we think that we have control, we don't, it's all, it's all mapped out for you. You know, you just do the best you can <laughs> with the choices that you have. <laughs> so do you want, do you know where you want to move next? No. Oh gosh. Good question. So Pablo and I, so his name is Pablo. We have this like big grand plan. Perfect name, by the way. Okay, hot. Super cute. And um, he's like German. So his name doesn't fit him at all. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. (laughs) But it's really cute. Yeah, it works. I like our names together. Element Pablo sounds sounds exciting. Yeah, very, very cute. (laughs) Um, But no, he's like super German. He's like super like strict and not like the bad but he can be kind of like he's kind of German so um (laughs) (laughs) he's kind of German the guy who's German you mean pardon me I said the guy who's German is kind of German yeah (laughs) yeah basically um so we talk all the time so he's a huge surfer so his like goal is to like buy land in Hawaii and build a shack there and then we're gonna spend six months there and then in Portugal and then expense in you know Aruba like that like so I don't I don't know I mean I'm working towards it online business so hopefully we get there because I know we both want that just freedom just move around okay so I have to ask the question because this is instantly what my brain goes to I have a really close relationship with my mom and I think she would lose her fucking mind if I was traveling (laughs) all over the world like are your parents like go see it everything we want to come visit you where you are 
My parents are bigger travelers than me. You're kidding. No. So I'm not <laughs> actually. So I'm not kidding when I said this is the longest I've not traveled because since the time I was six weeks old, I've been on a plane almost every two to three months my whole life. You're kidding. <clears throat> what? Not kidding. I think the longest before this year was maybe four or five months. Not even five. Like, and I don't mean that in a in a braggy kind of way, but I, I just we live a different my parents lived a very different lifestyle like my father now we're really getting into it actually so my dad <laughs> he still lives in Italy together and she was in Canada and so their whole like marriage was even long distance and so my long distance whole with countries like, yeah long distance with countries and because they were operating, they're both entrepreneurs as well. I should also say that. And they were operating two branches of the same company. So we were on quote unquote business trips all of the time. It's like, oh, we need to just go see your dad in New York or like, oh, we need to go see your dad in Frankfurt or like, you know, our daddy was here. And then it's like, oh, let's go down to Miami for the week or like whatever the case was, the way that my family spent time together was actually meeting in the middle based around where their business meetings were. So very, very different. And so actually I mean the only reason I was when I was living in Europe too like the UK and the Netherlands like I was actually really close to my dad so I was able to see him so much more often which was so nice nice. and my sisters over there yeah my whole family so so we're super international even my mom like I shouldn't even be saying this but she's so here in Ontario we're like super strict with the with the lockdowns and traveling and my mother is just like I'm not having it (laughs) she's already taken (laughs) off like twice and like like we don't even have flights that are like leaving the country, but she's like found ways. <laughs> she's like, I got to get out of <laughs> She's here. like, I got a friend who has an out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going like, to New York and I'm flying. Yeah. She's literally like, Eleanor, like you want to go to Aruba? I'm like, no mom. Like I can't, like I have an Instagram business. Like I need to be a role model. They travel more than me. And honestly, my dad, both my parents, they both came to visit me in Cambodia too. Like, it's a happy, I guess we'll all come. And I'm like, okay, so. Okay, so uh, that's a bit different. Okay, so that, but your family didn't travel? That, well, my mom lives in Raleigh. She would, I forced her to travel. Oh, like I, I booked us a two week trip to Italy. We have the same birthday. So I booked <gasps> us a two week trip to Italy one year. And birthday? so we went to Italy um, April 14th. No, it's like literally right now. Oh my gosh, oh, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. When this comes out, it will have been two days ago. So um my just had my birthday two days ago I hope it was amazing (laughs) it was so great oh my god you should have been there I had the best day even though it hasn't (laughs) happened yet um but yeah so I took her to Italy for two weeks and it's funny because I'm always like where are we going next because I want to like get her out and have her like see more of the world and um she's like it's okay I don't have to go like I'll just like watch you go so she doesn't, she's so very much like homebody. She likes to do things that she knows and go to her places and that kind of thing. And so I think that so if, supportive. oh yeah, I mean, if I was like, for instance, when I was working with, you know, a UK based company, they were mm-hmm. like, you can live here. We will relocate you. You can work for the team here. And my mom was like, go, 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 like, go do ah! it. Um, and I'm, I'm now very happy that I didn't, but it, and it was a hard decision, but, um, yeah, she doesn't really care. You know, my sister has had like what one would call a probably like not your average life in the sense, I don't want to like, I want to, I want to like choose my words right because I don't want to offend her. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm like talking shit about her because I'm no, you talk so highly of her before we even got on this call. So (laughs) I know what we could think. Yeah. Yeah. So she, she, you know, she didn't go to college. Her and her husband met in AmeriCorps when they were like serving in AmeriCorps, which is kind of like a community program where you like rebuild things that may have been destroyed in natural disaster or different things like that. Mm -hmm. And so they were volunteering in that. Um, it's like a branch of the military too, which is crazy because she had like military ID and all these wild things. So they were doing that. They met and then she lived in a van and was traveling around the United States for years. They built it into like a tiny home on wheels basically. So she did that and I left and moved to New York and didn't have any money or a job or an apartment and they couldn't support me or wouldn't support me or whatever. I don't know what it was. (laughs) Um, and so I left and so my mom is always like, do my mom's big thing is like, do whatever is right for you. Like, don't do something because we think you should don't do something because other someone else thinks you should like, 
do what you're called to do. My mom's like, you don't have to get married to have a baby. You don't have to get married ever. You don't have to have children. You can love who you want. You can do what you want. She doesn't really give a shit. So she's pretty cool in that sense. Um, but yeah, she's not a big traveler herself. Like, I think, I don't think that she would visit me maybe if I lived, I guess if I lived overseas, she would probably visit me. But she's just I'm like, sure. I just want to chill and like go to the beach and go to my bar and, you know, go to work. And that's my that's yeah, thing. How nice does that sound? Do you mean like, Honestly, if I could but that's the thing. That, like, that sounds even better. <laughs> like, I just want to chill and go to the beach and like, because you said Raleigh, so what, North Carolina, yeah. right? Like yeah. right on the beach. So yeah, like I just want to go chill. I'm going to read my book. Like that even sounds better than like waking up at what, 4 a.m. to catch a 6 a.m. flight. Like no, <laughs> right? Like yeah, she's got yeah. it nailed. <laughs> yeah. Elena, I have to say you are, with all due respect, such a stereotypical Canadian and how kind you are. You are so sweet. You're saying things like, pardon me, you're supporting my mom's decision to not be a traveler. You're like the nicest person on the planet, which I always knew, but you are seriously one of the sweetest people. I think everybody listening to this is like, I need as much Elena in my life as possible. I know I feel like that. Um, so the, the thing about the podcast is I always want people on who probably have a different life perspective or have some really cool stories to share your story. I mean, I feel like we barely even scratched the surface and your story is just so fascinating. Um, but you know, now you're in this entrepreneurship space. So tell us a little bit about like how that was, that's how we met is that we're kind of like both in this space, supporting each other, having each other's back. Um, I love watching what you do and everything. So when did you get into it? I'm so grateful that our paths connected truly because I've been inspired by you every day since I've I've come into you know our worlds collided, but I actually got into it. So my one year anniversary is going to be April 17. Wow! So, yes, it'll be one year in a few weeks from you know day after this recording comes out, and um, so just a year. Like, How do you gauge your one year? That's what I'm trying to figure out for me. When do I gauge it? Because I took my first business course. Um, like my group training kind of thing with a mentor in May. I actually did it with Nina Marinero. Um, I took her CEO skills. So I did that in May and I tested some things out, took a couple courses through June and July and didn't really, took some beta clients for free and then didn't charge anybody till September. And so I'm always like, I don't know where to gauge the beginning because I was learning for so long. And then I took my first client in September. So I'm like, I don't know where to even start this. So where do you start your year? Yeah. So, I mean, typical lawyer answer, it was the day that I registered my business. Okay. And so even before that too, like I was in the learning stage for definitely a few months. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. But day one was really the day that I was like, nope, we're registering it today. Boom. It's go time. And so I think uh, definitely as a lawyer, I planned it a little bit more. And so that is the official first day. Um, But I was already working with a coach since March. So so my learning definitely started before, but I'm still counting. I mean, April 17th, I was like, we're all, all you're you know, in. Yeah, we're in. Like we're going. That was the day I told Instagram. That was the day I was like, okay, guys, so you're just going to see more of my face. Like, enjoy. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it that's is when filed and legal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They're like, bye. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all those high school friends that are just like, oh, we're not curious about you anymore. And you're just like, yeah. you know, but but it was, it's probably been the best thing, one of the best things I've ever done because I mean, I'm, you know, just like everybody else, we've all kind of been pushed into entrepreneurship probably because we had a bad experience somewhere else, right? Like to be perfectly honest. And so totally my story wasn't any different. I was also in a terrible experience and I also struggled with an invisible disease. And so entrepreneurship was truly the only way forward. And then when the pandemic started and people started going on, um, you know, we have CERB up here. And I was just like, man, like, no, I don't want to. And there's nothing wrong. I'm so grateful that our governments are able to do these things. But I was just like, no, like, I want to, I got to do something. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, such a crazy person. I'm like, I got to do this. Also, like I had a boyfriend that was <laughs> whatever, it doesn't matter. But I was like, I got to do something. <laughs> and, um, and so I just, I went full speed ahead, really. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's been just great for you because the way that you so like you said you have two different businesses you're coaching people through that like business aspect but you're also doing and providing legal services but 
Um, one of the reasons I wanted to ask you on the podcast is one, because I love you so much, but also since I love you so much, you have the hugest news ever that you, as of recording this, you launched like two days ago, but when this comes out, it would have been like a week and a half. So like, I'm so excited for you to be able to talk about this, especially for the people that are listening in my audience that are Canadian. So tell us a little bit about something. Tell us about how long you've been working on it. I mean, this is like blood, sweat and tears that we all watched as your audience. Um, I, so tell everybody exactly what it was. Yeah. So I launched, I'm now the founder of a proud little baby called contracts for entrepreneurs. And it's literally a contract label template shop, which it was a huge need, especially up here in Canada. Um, and so what we do is it's a boutique online legal store that sells a collection of legal custom templates that you can download and customize to your business. And so right now we have a small collection, but it's going to be growing. We're going to be adding a whole lot of fun stuff as the as we keep going, but we just released it and I'm so excited. And probably one of the things I'm most excited about too, which could be interesting for your audience too, is it's really geared for Canadians. And mm -hmm. up here in Canada, we have, there's so many amazing, amazing things like it that are kind of in the United States. But as a lawyer, I was seeing that so many people were bringing the ones they purchased in the United States, bringing them to me for contract you. And so like, great, but also like, what a bust, right? Like, yeah. so I wanted to help others here too. I wanted to create something that was easy and accessible for them because legal guys, it's not a luxury, it's a necessity. And so making it even easier for you to get. And honestly, for your audience too, I kind of went and did something. I created um, a coupon just for you guys. And so you guys all get 20% off if you use Oh my gosh, Elena. Yeah. So How cute is that? It is so easy. So if you're listening to the Daily Hype podcast, just use the Daily Hype as your coupon code and you won't, you'll be able to get a good deal too. And what kind of contracts are in this thing? And I mean, first of all, just really quick, genius to be like, stop bringing me your US contracts and then having me manipulate them. I'm just going to make them for you. Yeah. You, you know, the thing too, is like, as a lawyer, like I'm not, and this is so counterproductive, but, or, you know, counterintuitive, but I'm not in the business of making money. I'm different. I'm a lawyer. I'm in the business of protecting you. And right. I'm definitely winning by you purchasing out of jurisdiction contracts and then bringing them to me. And I'm making a buck off of that. That's really not in my interest as a lawyer. Like I'm here to help you. And so making it even easier for you, I was like, Canada, we're, we're just missing this. And there's such a community of amazing entrepreneurs up here as well. And just like everywhere, you're kind of like, oh, like we're always having to do, buy things from other countries or other jurisdictions. And what if, you know, we created something that just applied to the Canadian entrepreneurs up here? Because there's, there are a lot, right? Like it's also yeah. a huge growing community. And so um, definitely I wanted to create this for them. And, and you're right, like it's, it's been in the process for, I want to say seven months. So oh it's definitely gosh. taken its time to come to fruition. I was super naive. I was like, we're going to bust this out in two months. And I was like, nope, it took seven. <laughs> you're like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, it always takes longer than you think, but... <laughs> Well, and something that you brought up is that you are also building this and you have clients and you're battling what you said was an invisible disease. Yeah. I know it well, not personally, but my assistant when I worked at Rebecca Minkoff um, has this in a very severe case. So do you want to talk a little bit about what you battle with? Yeah, yeah so I struggle with endometriosis. And um, for those who don't know, it's, it's basically... <laughs> around your period and um, you have you know a bunch of scar tissue and your endometrium lining and so every time you get a menstrual cycle it is the most painful thing in the entire world <laughs> and it can really put you out and so typically I'm sick for about a week every single month some people have it way worse some people have it way uh, lighter but it typically affects I want to say one in ten women mm -hmm. across the globe so it's a very common invisible illness but it's just not spoken about enough and it's been difficult to live with because especially as an employee, it's very difficult to take time off every month. It's impossible. Like people just exactly. they don't understand. And for a long time, I felt like, oh my gosh, I am not a contributing member of the society. And like, if there's anything you guys can like probably get from me, it's like, I'm a crazy overachiever. And so if I don't feel useful, <laughs> I'm like, I've really lost all purpose. And so that was a really big struggle for me because I was like dealing with this and and every three weeks I'm sick, like clockwork, like what can you realistically even do in three weeks? So right. it's very difficult to find the beat of my own drum. And so 
now I'm truly, truly proud to actually say that I only do work three weeks a month and I do, you know, what others do in four weeks, I do it in three and then I do it even harder. And so it's something that I, it brings me a lot of joy and, and actually speaking about it is so reassuring because I've gotten actually so many clients by speaking about this, because I have clients that are coming to me who are in and out of hospital for various other illnesses or invisible diseases that they're struggling with. And they're like, you get me, like you understand the struggle and you can help me, you know, through this because there isn't a lot of compassion for mm. people struggling with things that we don't even know about. And I feel like periods, like, why are they so taboo? Like enough, like we need to just talk about them because they fully affect who we are as human beings, right? whether you struggle with endometriosis or not. <laughs> I mean, and I, I do think that a lot, not enough, oh my God, I can't speak. Not enough people really have compassion for it because I don't think people understand it until you go through it or someone you know yep. goes through it. And yep. watching Meg, who is my assistant, deal with it. I mean, she has a very, she's in surgery all the time. She yep. has like a massive binder of all the multiple surgeries she's had over the years yep. and um, not to say like, not to be downplaying yours at all. Like every case is important and so different. scary yeah. and different. Yeah. And I don't think I understood it because it sounded like a bad period. Right. And that's something that you tend to hear often as an endometriosis patient is like, that sounds like a bad period, like get it together kind of. And it wasn't until I really started to understand and see how much this was affecting all of her body and how little she felt understood and how many doctors were turning her away and how many doctors told her that nothing was wrong with her. And, you know, I think that what she prompted me to do was make sure that I could find an OB that really understood endometriosis and had me checked for it so that I could know, because it is something that you may not even know you have if you have really bad cramps or if you have like experienced some really severe um, symptoms around your period that you could be dealing with something that could result in potentially not having kids or having something so else. Often, yeah. Mm -hmm. So it, I think that, that it manifests it, in so many different ways, and no two are the same, you know. And you know, I personally, I haven't had any surgeries yet at this point of my journey, and I'm grateful. It may change, it may not. Hopefully not, you know. But for me, it manifests that I faint every single month. During that time, like I need to count it. I'm like, okay, maybe coming within the next week. Like I'm home. I'm literally in my own personal quarantine before <laughs> all this happened because one time I actually fainted on the subway and I lost six weeks worth of memory because of it. So it can be really <gasps> dangerous. Like that's a byproduct. It's not a natural, but when you hit your head so hard, right? From fainting in a public space. And so for me, it's it's, it's a risk. It's a, it's a health risk apart from, you know, the pain and all those other things, but I tend to always faint on it. And so everyone, it manifests in so many different ways for so many other people, but the common line is it is painful. And if you are struggling with pain, the worst thing you can do as a woman, and I think why most women feel under, un, not understood is because other women are like, oh yeah, me too. Like I get bad periods too. And you're like, okay, Nancy, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. too much sugar at Christmas. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like settle. Um, you know, I even had a boss once I was just like, in so and not understanding. I was always asking me if I was pregnant. And I was like, clearly not like, you know, I'm vomiting at the office for another reason. And so it's just, women can be the worst to not really understand for some reason. Cause we think we all we get it. And we, and we do like periods suck for everyone. You know, they're not meant to be painful, but it's not uncommon for them to be painful. It's just when you have endometriosis, it's just, you can guarantee it's going to be painful. And the guarantee is psychologically like it's psychological terror like knowing you are going to get sick and feeling like a ticking time bomb for when you're going to get sick like that's probably one of the worst you know the pain is terrible too but at a certain point you do not that it ever goes away it never does but your pain tolerance adjusts it always hurts but knowing that you it's like knowing you're going to break your leg on friday every single month it's like you just right. know like that's right. the worst and so it's just different for everybody i would say so I think that, you know, because that's a really good takeaway is, first of all, you're just the most inspiring person that's ever existed. But also, I think that if you are listening to this and you're like, shoot, maybe I need to look into this more, you probably should just for the peace of mind, because there could be something that you could do to just be more in control of your body. We have to, you know, we live in a day and age where we really have to advocate for ourselves and, you know, look for the treatment that we need. And there are 
answers out there if you're like wondering if this is normal. If you have to ask that question, it typically isn't. That's what I've kind of learned is, you know, asking is this normal typically means no, right? Um, yeah, and also like advocating for yourself. I feel like we say that a lot, but a lot of people don't know what that means in practice. And what that means in practice is if your doctor gives you an answer that you aren't fully satisfied with, actually ask for the test, like actually ask to do the next thing, actually put your doctor in a position to answer you, to give you the next step. Don't ever leave a meeting being like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll wait for myself to get sick. You know, like I'll just wait. Right. Don't do that to yourself. You truly have to, even if the doctor is like 100% confident that that's not this, or it's not that, or whatever the case may be like, okay, what's the next step? Because clearly something is there and figuring that out and, and really just pushing always because doctors, I mean, they're not miracle workers too. Like God bless, like they're humans as well. They, they only know as much as they can know. And if they're not the right one, like there's not, it's not their fault also right. be humbled by the fact that they're humans, right? Right. And maybe ask them if they can put you in contact with somebody else, right? And so that's what advocating for yourself is, is really just normalizing. You're having a conversation with someone else. Maybe they know, maybe they don't know. And we're in a really great time right now, especially with endometriosis, because more and more awareness has really come out the last two, three years. Yep. And I truly believe in the next decade or the next 20 years, we're going to have a cure. Like I am hoping for it. So <laughs> people know. So people, you know, people, doctors in their networks will know others that can have, that have more experience with it or more practice. And so do it. You know, I've even had my doctor text their friend and be like, Hey, I know, you know, can you see this person? Like texted them in our meeting. And so rely on their network as well to move you along. You have such a good point because there was a time I got in a car accident in oh, 2017 no. and my hand stopped working, which was really wild. And because uh, I hit my head really hard, it was a wild situation as it is. And advocating for yourself in my situation was that I was talking to my doctor and he was like, you know, I think that it's this, this and this. And I was like, okay, thinking I have to go home and Google these things because I don't know what he's talking about. And I don't want to feel stupid. I don't want to take up his time. I probably need to know what this is. And in the moment, I'm really glad that I was like, no, this is, I, I should understand this better, right? And so I was like, I have to talk about this. I don't know what you're saying. I don't know what you're talking about. Why can't we do this? Why can't we do this? That sounds invasive. This doesn't sound like something I'm comfortable with. And all of those conversations are really awkward because you feel we feel as women like I don't want to piss them off or like they're the expert or, mm -hmm. you know, am I causing a problem? But what you're oh, actually doing that. is like, <laughs> I know, I know, I, I know, can't like, hear you say it, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it's like, if you, if you're thinking in a room, I have to go home and Google this, ask it, just ask it, right? You should walk away knowing what the fuck is happening in your body, what that means, yeah. what the results look like and be the person who's making the decision about it. And I think it, I think it comes with a lot of awkward baggage that we at women feel like we have to accommodate and take care of other people. And you have to take care of yourself because that doctor sometimes, I hate to say it, and I don't want to go into it, has some money in his pocket sometimes where there may be something that he really wants to do or she really wants to do or they really want to do. And so you have to be the one to say, I want to make a decision about my body. I want to know what all the options look like. I want to know what this means. I want to know what this process looks like. Yeah. What does this mean for my body, for my future? Um, and I think that that's a really question. important conversation. Yeah. No, it's true because these professionals, everyone, I see it even in my profession, you know, doctors, lawyers, um, anybody of any financial people, like anybody that's at accountants, all of these, you know, when they're at a tier of this level of education that they feel is so common sense to them, it's so easy for them to forget with their clients to the other table that they have no idea what is going on, right? And so they'll right. just talk to them with these high level verbiage and, and you also on the other side of the table, you need to take ownership of the fact that it is okay to not know everything. You clearly are not, you know, you know, yeah. you know, you know what's going on with your body. You can feel it, but don't be ashamed if you don't know what words mean or what terms mean, like remind them, like humble yourself and then humble them. Like, just be like, okay, I'm humbling myself and my ego that I have no idea what's going on reasonably. And also doc, I'm going to humble you because while this may be common knowledge for you, it's not for me. It's not so for maybe, me. <laughs> maybe we can just start from the very beginning. Right. And just mm -hmm. don't be afraid. I mean, humbling everybody and yourself is so important in these situations too. While taking you know, what's funny is that it brings up 
to kind of bring a full circle, and I don't mean to do this, is that yeah. in the business space, right? I'm in, I have Square One Accelerator currently active, and it's my group program that we do multiple times a year. And um, I was saying to someone, oh, well, I can just send you actually a CSV of my Airtable, and you could upload that to your Airtable. And she was like, what's a CSV? And I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, that's such a, yeah, it's like something yeah. that we know, which is if you're listening, if you don't know what a CSV is, it's a comma, I don't know what the S is, whatever. But it's basically a document that you download from like some sort of software. Maybe it's Excel or QuickBooks or Airtable or ClickUp or something. It's basically like what is stored in this software as data and you can give it to someone and then they can upload it to their software and it comes to, to their software looking the same way that you have it on yours. Um, so it's a really easy way to like transfer data. Yeah, and good way to explain that because I didn't even know what it was. Let's be honest. Okay, well, there you go. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. So, but the thing is, is like That's me and my fault. team, we're always like, here, I'll send you a CSV. I'll send you a CSV of this. And like, just download the CF CSV or in Square One Accelerator, I, I'm like, I have a CSV template of this and this and this. And so it's just kind of funny. And I'm glad that you didn't know it either. It's proof, right? Like, it doesn't matter what level you are of anything because there's people who may not know something. And so true. That person has to say, so oh, well, what does that mean? And like, good for them for asking and bad on me for not remembering, maybe not bad on me, but like, you know, it's important to remember that there are different levels of everybody and you have to kind of meet yeah. people where they are. Um, oh my gosh, this is like your podcast episode on being an expert, which I binged last weekend. Um, <laughs> and everybody should go listen to it because truly this is another, another perspective of being an expert. Like, Ashley, you're an expert because you understand what the CSV is, right? Even though I'm a business mentor, I still don't know. And that's not my expertise. And so, you know, humble yourself. Like, you know so much more <laughs> than you think you do, right? In whatever field or area that you're in and, and realizing that things that are common knowledge to you, like CSV, like they aren't everyone else and you can still teach somebody that. And so- What's so funny, because I, I work with a couple lawyers, obviously, as clients, yeah, as you know. Um, and it's so funny because they're so word document minded. And my business, we never use word documents at all. We're so like Excel focused. Yeah. And it's just so funny to see like how people's minds are different and right. um, all of that. It's so wild. So, well, thank you, Elena, so much for being on here. I mean, I think everybody's going to listen to this and just be so wildly obsessed with you. So where can we <laughs> find you? Um, Give us oh all your God, info so we can so stalk you. And <laughs> Please come see me. Um, so you can find me on Instagram at where did she go now? Like, where did she go now? Um, it's like an homage to the traveling days. <laughs> People yes. would always ask my mother, oh, like, where did she go now? So that's where the Instagram comes from. I'm very attached to it. I probably won't change it. So you can come find me there. And then, of course, you can visit my contract template shop, like, um, at contract, well, not, well, it is at contracts for entrepreneurs or contracts for entrepreneurs.com. And I would love to connect with all of you guys and, and all of your listeners and for you, Ashley, too, like this was so much fun. And so it was nice to talk about all kinds of things. Like what a great, what a great session. I mean, seriously, I mean, I was telling you, like, I'm so annoyed by maybe that's too harsh. No, I am. I'm annoyed by other entrepreneurs having guests on their podcast and just basically going over their resume. And it's like, we want to obviously work with people who are very skilled and have are an authority. But the thing is, Elena, like we look at your Instagram profile, we know we already know you're an authority because of how much good you're putting out into the world and how much expertise you're sharing. So I don't need you to do that here, right? I want us to just talk like about life, see things differently, see the world differently, hear different stories. Um, and thank you for the discount code. What was that again? Just in case people missed it. Yeah, the daily hype <laughs> and you will get 20% off, right? So it's just for your listeners to you guys because I love Ashley so much and know that anybody listening to this obviously loves Ashley. And so this is really just truly an extra little gift for all of you. <laughs> so awesome. the daily hype. Well, thank you so much for being here. What you guys don't know is that um, I was running late for this call because I was like really dying to get a shower in. And so I wrote Elena and I was like, we have to push this back 20 minutes because I have to take a shower. So poor Elena's looking at me with like, like drenched hair and like no makeup on. And she looks so beautiful. And you guys are missing out on that. <laughs> no, if only you knew, honestly, when you told me that if I was crying because I'm just watching the lost season finale. Like now, <gasps> I don't know if you ever watched, don't tell oh, me. Yeah. Like, 
almost done. And so I was like bawling. And I was like, oh my God, I have to go to a podcast. <laughs> and then you told me in the shower and I was like, oh yeah, no worries. You're like, please take 20 minutes. Please take 20 minutes. I'm like, I had all the feels. So it is okay. And I love this. Okay. I love please tell me when you're back. done. We have to talk about it. We have to talk. It's like. I want to rewatch it. There's someone else who's rewatching or rewatching Lost. You're watching it for the first time. So and there's a friend time. of mine who's rewatching it. And I, I rewatched fucking everything in quarantine, but I never rewatched Lost. And oh I think God. I have to. It's so good. It is so good. It is so, yeah, yikes. So everybody here has homework. Follow Elena. <laughs> Book a flight to Cambodia. Watch Lost and Broke Down Palace. Cool. My gosh, yeah, Broke Down Palace. We need to find that. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here. We will catch you next time. And that's a wrap on the Daily Hype podcast for today. I hope that you enjoy this and I hope you come back for more. Thank you guys so much, by the way, for the reviews. That is so big for a podcast. And listen, if you're not reviewing, at least you're sharing this with your friends. You're telling me that you love this. You're putting this on Instagram. It means the world to me. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And we will see you next time.